Welcome. This is Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Bill. And I'm Christy. We're psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. On soulshepherding.org, you can find a treasure store of resources for your spiritual and emotional health and fruitful ministry to others. Most of these resources are free. You'll also find our books that you can purchase for your devotional life, a small group, or as a gift for a friend. We're so glad you've joined us for another conversation on life, love, and leadership with Jesus. So we're going to talk about in a storm of emotions. <laughs> and you're laughing because you know where we're going to go with that. I do. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about me as a, a thinking-oriented person, a, a head-type person who uh, has learned to become more emotional. And I had an emotional day yesterday. I was in a storm of emotions. You were. I had a lot of compassion for you getting pelted with all these emotions from all sides. And you were a great soul friend to me. And so this podcast is going to be real helpful to those of you who are more like me and you haven't historically been as in touch with your emotions. And I've been learning to be in touch with mine and to live from that place for a number of years now. But others of you... Uh, don't have any problems feeling your feelings and, and maybe have more difficulty with being emotionally reactive or, or getting enmeshed in your relationships and pleasing others. But if you're not like me, you're in relationship with someone who is like me, who has a harder time connecting with those deeper feelings and so forth. But before we go into that, we need to talk about the Cubs. Because <laughs> they were one of those emotion provokers for you yesterday. <laughs> they were. My beloved Cubbies. I've been Waiting for the Cubs to win the World Series my whole life. I mean, it's been since 1908, long before I came on the human scene, since they won a World Series. This is 2016. It's been 108 years, the longest drought in professional sports history. Well, you were born into this Cub fan. I remember yeah. you growing up in Chicago and you sharing Chicago. memories. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Wrigley Field with your dad and watching the games and watching yeah. them at home. And I remember looking at your notebook you made when you were a boy of all the baseball statistics yeah. and photos yeah. and, you know, pouring into really studying all the players. And then when our son David was born, the, the first item of clothing I think we received from your family was a Cubs onesie <laughs> for uh-huh. David. Yeah, you kind of needed to become a Cubs fan to, to <laughs> be welcomed into the family. Yeah, well, what a love for you. It was easy to do that. I'm not much of a sports fan, but it's been fun to increase a little bit my fanage. <laughs> well, you were a great friend to me yesterday. You sat down with me and watched part of the game, and uh, you uh, talked with me about some of the things that were going on, and you uh, you also really paid attention to just sort of my experience through it all. That was an incredible game. I think it was yes. like almost five hours long, yes. and uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners probably know by now it's it's big time news that the you know the Cubs won the World Series because yeah. uh, so many people been pulling for them, and uh, but they won. I think it was uh, when it was eight to seven or seven to six, but it was by one run. It was, yeah. a, it was a back and forth game, you know. And Cubs had a big lead, then they blew it, and. Uh, then it went into extra innings, and then they got a couple of runs, and then then the, the Indians got guys on base, and and looked like they could they could come back, and and so the culminating moment that I just want to share with our listeners that I've I've been telling people this story all day long, 
and uh, and you you saw it with me there on the TV, and uh, you actually noticed it uh, right away. There's two outs, and you know Cleveland Indians batter is up, and there's a they're only down by one run. They got a, a guy on second base, and so you know a hit would potentially score a run or an error could score a run and tie the game up again, you know, and send it into more extra innings. And so there's the the batter hits a, a weak ground ball to the Cubs uh, third baseman Chris Bryant. And as he's going towards the ball to scoop up the ball, he's got the biggest smile on his face. His face is just filled with exuberant joy. His whole body goes into spasms of joy. He's like, we're going to win the World Series. And he's going for the ball. And you just see his eyes like saucers and his smile so big and radiant. He gets that ball and and his body just starts like I'm saying, it's like spasming with this this <laughs> hilarious exuberance, and he throws the ball, and he can hardly contain himself. Yeah. He starts collapsing to the ground, and the announcers, it happens so fast that they say, oh, Chris Bryant's stumbling. Yeah. When you look at it, he's not stumbling. He's like <laughs> laughing. This is like the chariots of fire moment, right? When yeah. I run, I feel God's pleasure. Yeah. And he's like, when I pick up this ball and throw <laughs> this guy out, I feel God's pleasure for Cubs fans from the last yeah. century plus. You know, it's like, wow, it's incredible. Yeah, it was fun. And I loved his interview later saying, it was so fun for me to win this for the team and for yeah. the fans. And he says, I've had personal successes, but this is my first team one. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun too, because that's what we're called to. And it was a good picture of community. Yeah, you know, and beyond self, you know, serving God and doing it with joy. And I love the abandon which which he he threw that ball with confidence. He mm-hmm. wasn't like throwing it with worry and fear, like, oh no, is Rizzo going to be that's able to right. catch this? Yeah, he threw it with confidence, and I took heart from that, mm-hmm. thinking that that's the way I want to be and what I do for God. I yeah. want to do it with confidence that God's got this and abandon to Him instead of this fear of, oh no, what if somebody else blows it or, you know, so. Yeah, he was doing his job, which you could say is the most important job he ever did. And, and as a baseball player, the most important play was to feel that ground ball cleanly and throw him out and break the so-called curse against the Cubs where they keep choking, you know, in these situations. But he did it with joy. And it's like, yeah, what if we could live more that way in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy through Christ our Lord? Well, honey, we're talking about these positive emotions and storms of positive emotions are kind of fun. I mean, kind of exhilarating. Who doesn't want that? I mean, right. those are the feel-good storms. Yeah. But yesterday you had storms of all kinds of other emotions you were being pelted with just as strong, really, mm-hmm. as the joys of this big win that was anticipated and wanted and cheered for and hoped for your whole life. Yeah, it was a difficult day for me. It was a work day and in some ways a normal day that I had appointments where I'm meeting with pastors for counseling or spiritual direction, you know, we, which we call soul shepherding. And I had some preparation for this talk we're giving for a staff training in a church on the Enneagram and was working on that as in needing time to do that. So I was back and forth between those two things. And the mix of those appointments was a situation with uh, some church leaders at a particular church where there's some conflict and I'm trying to help bring some reconciliation there, which is a important work. Of course, not an easy thing to no. do. And uh, so there's just the day itself had some significant stress to it. And I was going from thing to thing, but then, you know, added in were some crises mm-hmm. on top of that. So there's a pastor in crisis that I'm meeting with that wasn't on my calendar. And and I did that, but then I needed to have some boundaries because I couldn't, could only spend so much time. 
And then there was a, a situation with another pastor later in some crisis. And the time of that call, I wasn't able to respond. So, you know, I asked him to wait, which he was fine with, but, you know, setting another boundary there. Then, you know, then we had another conversation and, uh, and then I had, we had a family situation with a family member who, who, uh, have a car problem and wanted my help with that and, uh, needed to deal with that. And then we had another family member in a really significant crisis that we're concerned about. And you mostly, you know, you handled that call, but we, you know, we talked about it. And so, yeah, there's just like, um, you know, eight or 10 things here that were, kind of, you know, back to back and significant that I had feelings about all that stuff. Well, yeah, and it would have been human for you to be frustrated that all of this was infringing upon you during your, your time of finally the Cubs in the World Series, so close to winning seventh game, and you're working while you're watching, and you're feeling, you know, all this empathy for others who are struggling and concerned and containing a lot of emotion and emotions of anxiety and emotions of anger and emotions of sadness and overwhelm and fear. And, you know, you're also feeling your own internal sense of pressure because you're wanting to do well with the things that you're doing and you're wanting to prepare well. And so you're feeling some pressure to prepare for that. Yeah. I was preparing for the Enneagram talk uh, while I was watching the Cubs game. I was kind of back and forth between the two yeah, that was some pressure. It was some. I didn't really want to be doing that, but I was able to make some further progress with it. So I, you know, I noticed a big difference in you because sports is a time when typically, historically, you have been expressive of your emotions, mm-hmm. and so that is time when sometimes you are reactive to emotions. Sports can trigger some anger in you, and you know, coach makes decisions that yeah. really anger you. Uh, and there I were hear a few that. of those bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. We ended up winning anyway, but yeah, or you know, ref makes a call, or it just isn't going the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you maybe you're identifying with some of that in your own life or that kind of thing. But typically, sports brings out a lot of emotion in you. And our home in the past, I felt tension because of mm-hmm. that. But I didn't feel that last night because you've grown so much in your maturity and your awareness of your emotions and your ability to express them with ways of owning them and connecting them to what you're feeling and what's going on instead of just reacting to what seems to me to be a small and significant thing in the scope of life and eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, my history is having not been connected with my emotions and, you know, being in my head and being busy. And so... The sports field was one place where it could come out mm-hmm. and like be safe. And so, yeah, I mean, I was that guy that was talking trash on the basketball court and getting emotionally reactive in situations. I mean, I wasn't a loose cannon, but I was pretty expressive of my emotion. I was very intense on in, in the football field and coach knew he gives me the ball. I'm going to, even though I'm the smallest guy in the offense, I'm I'm going to power through and get that touchdown because nobody's tackling me. And so I've had a lot of emotion in sports. And then as a spectator, yeah, you know, it's harmless maybe, but maybe not so harmless when I've listened to you talk about the tension you felt at times. And uh, and on the positive side, you know, it was a, when uh, kids were younger and I was more that way and they would kind of joke about it or have mm-hmm. a friend over like, oh, what, what just happened there? <laughs> kind of bouncing around because I'm getting all excited about things or, you know. Uh, and there was some of that last night. I was doing some cheering, and but I was processing with you with different things that would happen, and I really did my best to stay present to the experience. Now, this is going to sound like a stretch to some of our listeners, but I actually 
approached it as like a spiritual discipline to watch the Cubs game and let myself hope that they actually could win and to not give up that hope even if things weren't going well and to not disconnect from my emotions to deal with the roller coaster that the game was taking me on of, of yeah. excitement and disappointment and and fear and mm-hmm. frustration about bad calls and second guessing the manager and I mean having feelings about all these things mm-hmm. but as you were saying to own the emotions to, to feel the emotions and then to think about how I feel and to talk with you about that as we go along and so that helped me be more moderated and that's sort of the one of the things I've learned over the course of many years is that sometimes a person who is disconnected from their feelings can be the person who is emotionally reactive mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. they don't those two don't seem to go together but it's it's if we're stuffing emotion down in pockets or points of stress it tends to come out mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in ways that hurt people or frighten people yeah so it helped you to not disengage and disconnect and shut down emotionally but also not be reactive with your emotions well, so I had lunch with you, and I had had some appointments already that day. I, I wasn't in uh, Cubstown yet, you know, that was coming later uh, that evening. And so I processed with you some of the feelings that I, because, you know, our, all our listeners won't realize that. S- some of you are in uh, kinds of uh, caring help uh, that you give as a counselor, spiritual director, or pastor, or small group leader, or, or you're that kind of a person, and you're with your family, your friends, and you're really leaning into lots of conversations where you're the listener and you're the absorbing other people's feelings. But you know that if you're doing that, it affects you and it triggers feelings in you, and mm-hmm. you you contain those emotions. And if you're a good listener. Yes. You contain the emotions. Contain doesn't mean repress or deny. It means you hold mm-hmm. yourself, or you let, better said, you, you let the Lord hold you there in what you feel so that you can continue to stay present for the person who's sharing with you about their stress or their, their difficulty. And, and so I've, you know, I've been doing that. And so then I had some things come up in me that I felt and that I needed. And so I talked with you and you gave me empathy. Well, it's a privilege to do that. And so that, that helped me a lot. You listened to me and you really wanted to understand me. And Yeah. And the other things I observed you doing was you sent out a text message asking for prayer to our board members. Yeah. I, I reached out for help and for prayer. And then another time after getting off of a hard phone call, you just bent over and started praying out loud, mm-hmm. just processing with the Lord what you were feeling, your emotions out loud, your desires, your, you know, hopes for this person you were praying for. Mm-hmm. And I joined in with you and was praying with you in that. Yeah, that was after the, the call with our family member that I wasn't able to be on, but you took that call and uh, we talked about that. And, and so, yeah, I had a lot of feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And so I just prayed them out with mm-hmm. you. I didn't even ask you if we could pray. I just knew that you would join me. I just started praying yeah. out loud and you came over and hugged me. And for a few minutes there, I just talked out my feelings and concerns and hopes and fears and all that with the Lord, our Father, and appreciated you joining me in that. So you called out for help and support in this storm of emotion when you were being held up with all these emotions all day long. And then you also set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some situations where I said, well, I can talk to you later or 
know, I can, I can talk for this long, um, you know, and then regarding the family member, the car situation, I was tempted to feel pressure and guilt. I mean, I did have some of those feelings, but I mean, I was tempted to like give into that and be controlled by that. And instead, you know, I talked it through and asked some questions and we came to the conclusion, well, this really isn't an urgent situation. I don't have to squeeze this into my day uh, tomorrow, which is today. We can schedule this checking out the car later based on, you know, the feedback that I got. And so that was helpful to me. That made some space there to set that boundary. Well, and you also were able to really love me effectively in this day of being pelted with emotions instead of you're just splashing me with it all. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like to be splashed? (laughs) Well, Not when it's with frustration and irritation (laughs) and complaining and reactions. and Yeah, and I mean, you're not typically one to do that, you know, terribly, but it just felt like you were taking responsibility for your emotions and I didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah, well, you know, the Lord was giving me peace and it's the fruit of training. Paul says to Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly. Peter says, 2 Peter three eighteen, I believe, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's like, and this is really encouraging. You know, a grace is, uh, is not a, just a passive thing that gets us into heaven. I mean, that's, it's, we get into heaven, that's huge, but it's active. God's coming to us in Christ is active. That's how we're forgiven of our sins and have eternal life. And it's an active life that we're joining in with, we're trusting, and we're working with God's power to learn how to, how to be more like Jesus and how to be more filled with love and joy and peace and to be more patient and kind and these kinds of things. And so it's, it's, it's very encouraging that we can make progress as we take a hold of the hand of Jesus. And so I've been learning how to feel my emotions and how to seek the empathy that I need, knowing that. I mean, I had to learn because it feels selfish, you know, to say to some, you know, to a friend, you know, can you listen to me? But when we do that, uh, it creates more bandwidth for us to be caring for other people, to have discernment, to be a good leader. So many things. It helps us to love others when we let ourselves be loved too. So thankful to the Lord for the greatness of his grace and peace and that living in me. I am too. And hope that this conversation speaks to you. If you're someone that needs more encouragement to go a little deeper into your emotions, you know, to pause more often in the day, you know, what am I feeling here? Find someone who's a good listener and say, you know, can I process with you for a few minutes and just talk about what I'm experiencing? And then, you know, really put out some I feel statements and uh, focus on your emotions, your needs, your experience you have that gift to give, to offer empathy to someone else and to make that space to listen, wow, what a blessing that is. And if you're someone who is very in touch with your emotions, I hope that what we've shared here today helps you have some more understanding, sensitivity to those who are more in their head and their thoughts and their activity. Yes, Lord, that's our prayer. Help us to live lives that are engaged with you. God, you're a God with emotions. We see that throughout the Bible We see that in you, Jesus, in the Gospels, all the whole range of human emotions live in your body and in your life, and you show us a godly way how to deal with the ups and downs of life and be a loving person. Help us all to grow in our experience of your loving care and our capacity 
to share that with the people around us. Praise you, Lord God. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this episode of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. You'll find all our podcasts on soulshepherding.org. And while you're there, we hope you'll have fun discovering our other free resources to bless your soul and ministry. On Facebook, you can receive a daily encouraging word or prayer from me. Just friend Bill Galtier or follow Soul Shepherding. Until next time, let's keep in conversation with Christ.